Well, niggas and friends, welcome back to this podcast. I am Ron Isley's beard brush. <laughs> and I am Asada Shakur. This is The Read. Thank you for coming back. It is indeed. And thank you for coming back here on a, a brand new month. This is the first episode of April, right? It's like the fifth. The yeah, fourth. I think this is. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That month, here we are. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's get started with some Black Excellence. And this week... Cannot wait. I'm going to give it to... Uh, Memphis educator that's gone viral. His name's David Jameson, and you may have seen video of him greeting his students who are going back to class at Hickory Ridge Elementary. He's a fifth grade English language arts teacher. And in this video, he greets all of his kids by names, and they all have personalized handshakes while with a, a a quarantine safe remix at the moment and this man has over 200 students so he's doing more than 250 handshakes a day for these students when they come in and it's cute and adorable and you can tell that he's the teacher that kids like love having and there's actually one <laughs> of the few bright moments in your k through 12 experience right. when you have like a teacher that treats you like a human being and gives a fuck about more than just your <laughs> grades my it means god so much a world of difference <laughs> it really does you didn't mention that uh mr jameson is fine yeah i wasn't hell. going to i didn't want to i considered <laughs> saying something <laughs> I don't know his marital status or anything, folks. So. Respectfully, Mr. Jameson, you is fine, though, as well. <laughs> also, in addition to the work you are doing. So thank you for both of those. I really prior to this was like, should I just leave that out? This is so wholesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. The man is fine. I looked him up like, how is this not the first thing we talking about? <laughs> um... But yeah, like one of the first things I thought of when I heard about this is how in the name is he able to like remember the, all of these kids' names and handshakes, daps, dances, woes, whoops, all of the little <laughs> shit that they do. And he said in an interview, I've always had a great memory growing up and even had a secret handshake with my best friend of 20 plus years. I remember what's important to me. My scholars are important to me. This small gesture goes a long way. It creates an atmosphere of love and vulnerability, allowing students to be completely open with me, even sharing with me troubling encounters that they have at home. So he also said, That's I want so real. <laughs> I want all educators to understand that we have the most important job in the world. We're helping to shape the future generation of leaders. We must all also prepare students for life. Many kids are good seeds, but planted in bad soil and our job to nurture that environment. So the seed can flourish, reaching its fullest potential. Don't just be average, be a dope educator because our babies deserve it. And I think his name on Instagram is the dope educator. If you want to go it is. look yeah, up no, I his... found him. I've followed him. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I sure did. <laughs> so shout out to you, Mr. Jameson, for being a dope teacher and one of, you know, you're like, that's the teacher that even when you're at Shady Pines, you remember him. You know what yep. I mean? Like, those are the yep. teachers you never, ever, ever forget. So that's important. Absolutely. And I love that he, like, told other educators, like, the connection with the students is what really matters. It does. And that's so true, because when kids feel comfortable with you as a teacher, they will tell you things they would not tell other teachers. True. So, 
shout out to Mr. Jameson and all the other educators like him who are just trying to help these kids through an absolutely terrible time in world history. God yep. bless. Hey, y'all, this podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding a work-life balance can be tough, okay? If anybody knows, I know. But Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. If you don't know, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to your time, all in one place. With the new guided design Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website that's optimized for every device and make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay, and in certain countries, you can give customers the chance to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. Y'all know I love Squarespace. I used it to put our website together. This is 3.com. I've also used it on my personal website, crystal.com. And that is because, first of all, it's very easy to use if you ever need to update it. It's simple to log in, make whatever updates you can make or whatever you need to do without knowing any code or anything like that. And it helps me to just stay organized, do everything I need to do. Because you got to have a web presence, okay? It's 2024. You got to have a web pre- web presence. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash three to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Let them know if you're in Crystal sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, y'all, listen, we all know that life is full of the yada, yada, yada. You know, sometimes you sign up for a contract one place and then in order to get out of it, you got to send a million letters and go up there in person. And it's just a bunch of blah, blah, blah. Like this could have been easier. Okay, we've all dealt with the yada, yada before when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in fine print or, you know, even bills that just seem to keep going up every month for no dang reason. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then they charge you for every little thing until... You might as well have just booked your ticket somewhere else. But it is possible to outsmart the yada yada, like triple checking airline deals and making sure everything you need is already included. So remember, you don't have to take the yada yada in life and you don't have to take it from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises and not a yada yada. So stop by one of the over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide to sign up today. Okay, so let's move on to our pop culture segment, Hot Tops, The Thin Red Bottom. We're going to start mm-hmm. with <laughs> the latest verses uh, took place just yesterday. Um, mm. Wouldn't you know it? It was Earth, Wind, and Fire versus the Isley Brothers. Yeah, and it was. you know, at home, lust versus arthritis. <laughs> So much because <laughs> some of y'all was being very nasty about Ron Isley. I just want you to know that was nasty. Like, ma'am, <laughs> sir. <laughs> y'all need to go outside, touch grass, breathe oxygen, because it is never that serious. I mean, Ron still knows he's fine. Like, you're not gonna tell Ron Isley that he is not of fine. Of course as not, fun. but he's 80 years old, and y'all are literally lusting after your pospa papa. And, and I just <laughs> I cannot have it. And I'm sure he's beating him off with a stick. Like, this man... (laughs) I believe it. I really do. (laughs) That beard, that cane, my word. So much like most of the Versus uh, shows that have happened, I didn't watch this. So... 
I hope that you guys in, enjoyed. It sounded like fun. It did sound like it was a good time. Um, I'm about ask my mom and them if they. Well, actually, I know my mom didn't watch it because if she did, she would have told me by now. So, <laughs> right. Um, for those of you who did, you know, congrats. Hope you had a blast. I did see like tiny clips and pictures, and everyone looked nice. And this is music that I grew up listening to and still love. So. It was one of the verses that you hear about and you're like, I feel like almost everyone would hear about one like this and be like, oh, fun. Even if you like really, really wanted to watch it versus like Lil Baby Scoop Scoop and LMNOP. Go off Big Draws. (laughs) (laughs) Literally everyone's favorite. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely get it. I did watch some of the verses because, you know. Black American, it's it's just yeah. something my legacy. Yeah. I, I had to mm-hmm. in some point. Yeah. Um, but I was not like super emotionally invested. Um, and when I first like tuned into the verses and was really listening, it was after it had gotten started mm. and they were talking about something. And Steve Harvey was saying how his daughters opened a club and he went to the club opening and at the club opening, right. So this is like relatively relatively recently. Okay. And so he was saying that like at this opening of the club, dudes was dancing with other dudes. And so he was like, I was at the club, you know, my daughter's club and and dudes is, is dancing with other dudes. And I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? It's this ladies in here. Why y'all not dancing with each other? You know, th- things is weird. It's not like when I was young because y'all play slow music and, and D-Nice, do you play slow music? You don't know nothing about that. And D-Nice in the back like, yeah, I play slow music. And Steve like, yeah, but you got some sense. The rest of these young niggas ain't got no damn sense. And so I ain't no slow you music. And so niggas is this. No, I'm literally not. I'm literally not. And I was like, not when I first cut on the goddamn verses. Not when I first cut it on. Does Steve Harvey make it impossible to listen to? And so I went back and listened to later. (laughs) And everybody was like, no. So I tweeted this, right? And everybody was like, you don't understand. Steve Harvey has been terrible like this since it started. And when I went back and watched from the beginning, Steve Harvey came out and did not talk about the Isley Brothers. Did not talk about Earth, Wind & Fire. Not really. He talked about himself. I knew you were going to say that. And he said, how dare you niggas ask, why is Steve Harvey on the stage? He said, because who else? Literally this music, so this many. This music grew me. This music shaped me. Okay, nigga, oh, just you and you? a trillion other niggas. Like, you and every other nigga born between 1950 and 1975. Please leave me alone. Like, you're not the only one by far. And that nigga sat there and talked about what different stage of life he was in when Earth, Wind & Fire was popping, how he had to restrain himself because his dick was busting through his jeans Ew. when one of they saw... Right! I'm like, who the fuck cares? This. Can we talk to the actual legends, please? So I was so glad that I didn't even catch all that part. But when I went back and watched it, I was like, of course he did. Of course he did this. Like, that man sat there and defended himself against what the internet thought instead of celebrating the actual legend sitting in front of him and i was like this is why you don't deserve the job like this is literally why you don't deserve the job because somebody else would have been more professional and not sat there and talked about why the young people don't want him hello the old people don't want you neither because you're sitting up here wasting time and this is going on way longer than it should have because you want you want to talk about the the dumb shit you did when you was in college and you was in your 20s as opposed to these niggas 
who have made music we will be listening to for the rest of our days. I mean, whoever hired Steve Harvey to do that clearly was like, oh, yeah, come out here and do like your comic thing. Like he they probably were looking for him. to. We absolutely didn't. I'm not saying this in defense of the (laughs) bullshit. I'm just saying clearly someone was like, oh, yeah, let's get a comedian to come in and like make jokes and da da da. And so that was, I guess, supposed to be like his opening set. But I in none of my days need to really hear current day Steve Harvey tell a joke about anything. And I heard maybe like the day after, not too long after the announcement of this versus I heard Steve Harvey was hosting and I was like, well, I was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wasn't sure I was going to watch before, but now I know I'm skipping it. And I really yeah. didn't expect for you. Like, I, I, in my mind at the time, I'm like, he's going to say something corny or silly or just, ugh. But I wasn't thinking he was going to be like, my daughters opened a club and niggas were in there dancing with other niggas when there are women in there. Steve, yeah. your first day on earth, pal? Huh? Who cares? Furthermore, Literally, who cares? If your grandmama opened a fucking club somewhere, you know, she had a juke joint and niggas were in there dancing <laughs> with niggas, then I would be like, oh, that is so nice that, you know, we're crossing those lines. I don't know. But like, yeah, girl, yeah, your daughter likely opening a, a venue that is, you know, inclusive and doesn't treat queer people like, you know, salacious garbage and throw them out on the street. I, it does it. Yeah. Why were you there? That's what I want to know. Like, what were you doing at the club? Right. So it's like, first of all, there's that. Because you really didn't have to be there in order to be supportive. Secondly, niggas don't even have to be dancing with each other. Like, he left it ambiguous enough enough to where it could have just been niggas like like in a dance battle. Like, like some you got served type of shit. Oh. It wasn't even necessarily like romantic dancing. It was just more like, why is this anecdote necessary? That's even stupider. Right. Most importantly is that everybody else on stage was just sitting there looking at him. Like nobody co-signed that dumb shit he said at all. Everybody was sitting there because like, nigga, it was the fucking 60s and 70s. Niggas was in there trying to have fun, have a good time. Like you are the one who brought this weirdness into it. And they took a break. They took like a 10, 15 minute break in the middle of it. And I thought, you know, this is because everybody's elderly and they need, you know, a Gatorade <laughs> break or whatever, which is fine. But it's clear. And Swiss Beats confirmed this. They talked to a Broderick Harvey, Harvey about his performance, because when they came back out, that nigga didn't say nothing for like the first six songs. And it was incredible. <laughs> So, like, clearly they talked to him about the fact, like, this is not actually about you. It is not yeah. the Steve Harvey versus with, like, how these bands make you feel. This is about the legend. Yeah. So, can you please sit back and not make it Steve. the fuck about you? Like, he was so irritating. And it's like, this is why nobody wanted you to be the host. Steven, this is... This is why, Broderick. This is why. Because you come and you be fucking annoying. This isn't family feud. It's family fun. So, if oh my you could God. just... Thank you for saying that, because when he first came out, he said, I want y'all to know this ain't Steve Harvey from Family Feud. This ain't Steve Harvey, the the, the movie star, game show host or whatever. He said all that. He was like, this is Steve Harvey, the young man who grew up on this. Amazing. Bitch, we like, wouldn't <laughs> give a fuck if it was Mr. Hightower. Get off the stage. Honestly, it might as well have been Mr. Hightower, because Mr. Hightower was Steve Harvey. Well, true. You know, pretending to have a degree. That was literally the only difference. So it it might as well have been 
missed the high tower, but I was just like, sir, nobody's impressed. And furthermore, no one cares. I miss when you had a flat top. <sighs> but trust me, <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't watch that friend because it was not worth your time. <laughs> well, um, interesting story outside of Drake's Toronto mansion, apparently. Oh, no. Last Tuesday, Toronto police were called to the estate where they apprehended a woman who was apparently trying to sneak her way into Drake's house for whatever the fuck reason, I guess, because he's Drake and his house is gorgeous. Um, She's currently being investigated. Drake was at home at the time, but apparently, right? How scary. Oh my God, that's so terrifying. God damn. But it says that the woman did not make it near the inside of the home, of nor did she didn't. have any contact with him. So that nigga got a fortress. <laughs> like I imagine that, yeah, he probably has security or whatever that peeped her and, and took care of it. But in my mind, initially, when I, when I read this, I was I just I just thought of like a fleet of dogs just coming out and like chasing her oh. over the gate again, or some ridiculous or like lasers or androids that come up out of the ground. Because have you seen this nigga's house? This is another thing. It's like, mm, no, I have not. He's shot music videos in this house. There have been like photos of of the interior and shit in magazines. It's like wealth. Like it literally looks like rich. Of course it is. I mean, yeah, yes. Of course it does. But like, yeah, of course. It looks like a Fabergé egg. Like every room looks like something in Scrooge McDuck's vault. It's just really like... Not a Fabergé egg, though. (laughs) Anyway, I read this and I was just like, and the girls really be wanting to be uh, famous and don't even have anything to show for it. Like, at least this nigga makes good music to some. You know, motherfuckers just wanting to be on Viacom or whatever the fuck to get to this place. And next thing you know, you got motherfuckers trying to break into your house just because. There were rumors that the woman was armed with a knife. And that she attacked the security guards with a metal pipe. But the police said, that's all bullshit. Can y'all please just let this go? We have her in custody. We're talking to her. Get her the help she needs. And <laughs> Drake probably heard about it through text like four hours later. So, you know, there's a win for Aubrey. Um, Not so much. Kind in- of. <laughs> kind of a win. I mean, still somebody tried to infiltrate your fucking property. Mm. And that would make me, you know, extremely nervous. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's just one of the things that comes with being that kind of famous. He'll write a People song about just, it. He definitely will. And he'll make like another $8 million off of it. So that will be that. But I just, you know, personally, I can't imagine people being that pressed about getting inside the home where I live. Like, Mm -hmm. that would drive me crazy to even think about having to go through that shit. When I hear about stories like this, I try not, like, I often assume that the person in question is likely not in their right mind. Um, So I try to come Mm. at it from that perspective, because it's like, if it were like, well, I'm not all <laughs> in my right mind most of the time either. If it was just like any old average bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it was just any old average motherfucker, it's like, what did what 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 happens? Like when oh, you get in. You get in. Drake's there. Then right. what? Like <laughs> then what? Do you, you know, put some 
Orville Redenbacher in the microwave and say what's on Cinemax? Like, what the fuck? What do you? What happens? Oh my god! That one woman who broke was was it Chris Brown's house that she broke into and like yes on Christmas put on his and like through the doggy door yes and like that she got dressed food. and everything yeah. When I started barbecued, had her friends over. Is that as my bestie in a test? Like she was having big fun. She made herself comfortable, but it's like this she nigga's. At, what were you? What I don't know. Um. So, I think last week I mentioned how Nike was suing this streetwear company, Mischief, the same company that's behind the Satan shoes. <laughs> That Lil Nas X was wearing in his video. Oh, yes. I, re- I recall. Promoting yes. around the, the video. Well, apparently, um, Nike's legal team operates, I think, the way that you'd imagine Nike's legal team does because mm-hmm. they're done. <laughs> um, yeah, it's finished. I don't even know if I can talk about these damn shoes anymore, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, they have to stop distributing and selling the shoes immediately. Again, I think this is hilarious because it's not the only altered Nike product that they have. And they literally have a Jesus version that bothered no of one. Course. Of course. But this is too much. So anyway, um, Lil Nas X tweeted, sorry guys, I'm legally not allowed to, to give the 666 pair away anymore because of the crying nerds on the internet. I haven't been upset. <laughs> This kid is something else. Period! <laughs> he said, I haven't been upset until today. I feel like it's fucked up. They have so much power. They can get shoes canceled. Freedom of expression gone out the window, but that's going to change soon. So there you have it. Okay. All right. If, I mean... If that's what you say, that's fine. <laughs> honestly, I thought the shoes were stupid anyway. I, I don't like... Yeah, I mean, the drop of human blood and all that, like, girl, I don't care. But the fact that it was only 600 some odd pairs, I was just like, of course, those are going to sell out in 71 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that will be the end of that. Like, I really didn't think anything past it. I think people are only upset because it offends their delicate Christian sensibilities. Right. Yes. That's really what it comes down to. It is. And I don't care about that. Like... (laughs) I mean, I just, I'm sorry. Like, I I was born and raised deep, like, Bible Belt level of Christianity, so I Mm -hmm. get it. But also, y'all love to persecute people and they be mad when somebody say boo about y'all. Y'all literally love that shit. Y'all live for that shit. So, I can't be mad that this boy is doing something that y'all don't like. Because y'all don't like a lot of shit that ain't actually a problem. Damn. Best of luck. I wasn't going to wear Lucifer or Christ sneakers, just for clarity. None of that was my business. I just feel Never. like it's all done. But I, I wear I do Crocs agree. and Birkenstocks. I don't... That none, I'm old. That, none of that is my business. I mean, but yeah, y'all were mad for no good reason as far as I'm concerned about Lil Nas X. Y'all were just mad because he dared say or do something that you didn't like. <laughs> that was really all there was to it. So, um, which one of these niggas do I discuss first? Mm. Oh, Lord. All right, so let's just jump into an update from last week's Quavo and Sweetie debacle. (gasps) Maybe a fresh 
32 seconds after the episode going up. It was literally like an hour later, nigga. I was disgusted. It was like post video. It happened right after we talked about these I was so mad. Every week. Every week. Every week. And the moment that this episode goes up, we'll find out that Quavo's an alien and then whatever the fuck else. Like, I'm sick of it. <laughs> anyway. It don't even matter what day we put the show out. Y'all will It doesn't. It doesn't. Until we put it out it doesn't. for the mess. It does not. When the show came it's out on fine. Thursdays, all the wild shit happened on Friday. It's, I don't the get it. The fact that like this happened a week ago and it is already so old to my brain that I had to sit and think for a second. When you said Quavo, sweetie, I was like, what happened? Like, that's how unfair this is. Yeah. We don't deserve that. This show is cursed. I believe it's me, honestly. <laughs> it's um, not you, it's me. I won't be surprised if I find out that the fucking teacher from Black Excellence is actually the Black Dexter or whatever. No. Like, y'all always come back around and be like, oh, didn't you know that you're completely <laughs> wrong about this? And that person you said kind things about actually eats babies? No, it's not you. Man, it's fuck this friend. podcast. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we just got to shut it down one day, just randomly. So, uh, a video came out by way of, oh, it was TMZ. One of these gods of blogs got a clip from an elevator uh, fight between Sweetie and Quavo. It looked like they were, like, coming out of, like, the garage of what was reportedly uh, Sweetie's, like, apartment complex. Yeah. Getting into this elevator and like tussling over some sort of a case or bag. Um and yeah, like it gets it's mm-hmm. very rough. Quavo basically like swings her around to the ground, and when she hits the ground, she just sort of sits there uh until the elevator, you know, gets to them to where they're going. And then Quavo looks up at the camera like, Yep, this yep. is coming out. It sure is. Um, it was like he realized it immediately in that moment exactly how he had fucked up. I don't know of an elevator that doesn't have a camera in it. All of them do. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. So, sweetie, to the incident said, this unfortunate incident happened a year ago. A year ago, while we have reconciled since then and moved past this particular disagreement, there were simply too many other hurdles to overcome in our relationship, and we have both since moved on. I kindly ask that everyone respect my privacy during this time. Good luck with that. You know niggas don't respect your privacy. Yeah, they're not going to do that, but shout out to you for asking. And um, the Migos man says, uh, we had an unfortunate situation almost a year ago (laughs) that we both learned and moved on from. I haven't physically abused, sweetie, and have real gratitude for what we did share overall. This gives me they booth they booth they both knew that this video was coming out and their yep. reps both had statements prepared for when it did. And in fact, yep. I want to say that the day y'all can correct me if I'm wrong about this because God knows that y'all will. Um Well, the reason that you can't call her bitch on the RuPaul's Drag Race is because of copyright. You can't say fictional characters on Drag Race. I want to say that the day that that elevator video came out, 
Um, there was like a new Migos video and song out like as well. So the girls were fully prepared for this to be released. And I think they're both doing their best to move on. Seems like Quavo's doing more of a um, damage control-y situation. Definitely. Uh, whereas <laughs> Sweetie seems like she wants to be left alone. Yeah. Um, Sister's getting back to her club appearances and getting to her bag. Mm-hmm. And I can't really say I'm mad at that. My thing about the video is that Obviously, we haven't seen the whole thing. So for those of you who are finna tell us that, we know that we haven't seen the whole thing. Right. We don't know how it started or whatever. It does clearly look like Sweetie is physically assaulting him when it first begins. I'm not debating any of that. What I'm saying is that what is also clear is that that man swung her ass onto the elevator, tossed whatever bag she tried to throw out of it back onto the elevator, and made sure she stayed on the elevator. That's what I know. And so I'm not trying to, you know, assign fault or guilt or innocence to anybody in the story. I'm just saying y'all do everything you can to not hold men accountable and I won't never be that bitch. (laughs) That's all I'm saying about that. Like y'all will literally bend heaven and earth and be like, oh, but he he didn't punch her. He didn't hit her. He didn't blah, blah, blah. He didn't this, this, this. Again, when she broke up with him or when she announced that she broke up with him, this wasn't even part of the story. Right. <laughs> so it was just a matter of time before this came out. And obviously, both of them knew there were cameras in the elevator. This was Sweetie's apartment complex. Right. So it is what it is. I'm just saying when it comes to watching that footage and automatically signing with the man, you won't find me there. <laughs> like That's literally all I'm saying about it. I'm going to say... I Yeah, those things I saw were true. And then I also saw this here. And I saw that girl sitting there until she got back down to the ground floor of the building. And I saw that girl sitting there while the door opened on some random floor and a man sat there and saw what was going on and chose not to get on the elevator. That's what I'm saying. The rest of you can believe or feel whatever you would like. Yeah, I mean... I was this was going to be said darker, but I realized I don't have to say it in a dark way. It could have been worse on camera. Oh, definitely. You don't want to see what never mind. It could have been worse on camera, and people still would find ways to side with the man. We know that. Like that's just the environment. I mean, that's the society that we fucking live in, and it sucks. It's unfortunate and it's really fucking old and lame. But it's sad with this particular video yes like we, we saw just as much as the right everybody else and everybody is making their own assessments and and you know uh reaction videos and detective work and svu and all of this other shit and these people aren't together anymore and right. i just honestly wish them both well i wish sweetie the best. <laughs> Let's be real. We don't actually wish men good <laughs> ever. <laughs> I wish we the best in health and wealth. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, I do too. I wish her the best in all things. And I also know that this is probably the last footage that she wanted to come out while also knowing that it absolutely would come out. So. Mm-hmm. I hope that she is able to heal and move on. The fact that she chose not to tell us about this means that I'm going to 
let her drive the conversation about how it goes. Like, you know, she clearly didn't press charges or nothing like that. So I'm not going to get myself to, myself involved in this yeah, situation. But right. No, I'm not going to get emotionally in, wrapped up in something that ultimately don't have nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. But I will say that always I will believe <laughs> women until there is concrete evidence for me to not. And that is what it takes. And that was not what was in this video. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? <laughs> Speaking of. Possibly abusive rap niggas in relationships with rap women. Steven Uziverse uh, or Uziverse has to do something. I think Steven Uziverse has to just figure out what's going on. And I'm not just talking about that Lisa Frank forehead that he's got now. I don't know how this happened because... Oh, Lord. (laughs) I was not in on the live, so unless you watch this whole live moment between Lil Uzi Vert and Young Miami, um, I'm going to assume that you saw the same, like, what, 60 seconds or whatever that I did? I was going to say, you know I have not seen whatever you're talking about. There's a clip of... Oh, no, this shit is like two minutes long. Um, But yeah, I think... Okay, so when someone joins your live, they're on the bottom, right? I think so, yes. If you allow them to be like a co-host. They're on live together. Carisha looked like she in her bed or something at home. Uh, meanwhile, Uzi is talking to her in the back of, you know, one of the fancy rich nigga cars. And (laughs) again, it starts kind of in the middle of a heated discussion. Um, and JT is off to the side because you can hear her desperately trying to get this nigga to shut up and give her... And give her back her phone, which I believe he was on her phone. Oh, God, why? <laughs> like, y'all let me know. Like, were Carisha were and JT on, on live together and he happened to be... Like, how did this even end up happening? Because I don't... Anyway. This feels so like I was born in 1996. <laughs> yeah, like, girl, I have never felt like more of an yeah. aunt. Um, this feels like my baby brother's kind of drama. <laughs> absolutely so he's basically saying shit to her like you and me don't ever have to see each other ever you know what i'm saying like if you don't like me blah 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 and what was more like bothersome to me is that as jc is trying to interject he would just say gross shit to her like he'll be like he told her to shut up at one point at one point he was like at one point, he was like, JC, if I tell you to come, to tongue kiss me on this live right now, you'll do it. So stop. Like, he, like very, like, oh, controlling, no. manipulative oh, no, type no, of tone. No. Won't do none of that. Like, are you fucking kidding? Listen. <laughs> Who the fuck are you talking to, first and foremost? Anyway, he keeps going back and forth with Carisha. You can find the whole video if you want to. She, again, said maybe five words during this two minutes. And she was mostly just sitting there with a smirk on her face like... 
Wait, hold on. He was talking to Carisha, Young Miami? He wasn't talking to JT? No, he was on live with Carisha, but JT was in the car. So he was talking oh. to Carisha. Oh, why was he talking to Carisha? Like, I... Okay, never mind. No, he was talking to Carisha saying, we ain't got to be friends. If you don't like me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I we know don't got to be friends, nigga, because I'm her real friend. You her dick. Ex- so now what's up? But she's not saying anything. JT's trying to get the phone back from him, telling him that he's doing too much. Oh, Liza, my God. Blah, blah, blah. Uh. And again, <laughs> Carisha's just sitting there like, okay. <laughs> Because she, I mean, yeah, I because feel her, she knew <laughs> that what would follow was going to follow, so she didn't. Yeah, she to knew say it was gonna be some mess, and she knew that that she knows that JT is her friend regardless. So she was probably like, "Yo, I can tell this nigga's going off the cocaine and the the Molly or whatever the fuck you young niggas are on these days." Like, I'm sure she was just like, "I'm gonna just sit back and and let it ride, whatever it is." But no. this that you tell, it's still outrageous. Like, it's still crazy that a nigga think he can talk to you this way and it not be an issue. Like, and well, then to tell my friend, if I tell you to come get on the live, you gonna do it, nigga? I'll beat your ass myself. Don't even talk to her. Talk to me. Like that's when I would have got like real fucking ignorant about well, the whole situation. <laughs> I was more so saying that I believe Carisha knew that she also had a face tatted hood nigga that doesn't give a fuck about uh, Oh, I don't even know issues. who her baby daddy is. I don't even know who that person is. Her baby sure father is <laughs> a producer named Southside. He's part of 808 Mafia who have actually produced one or two little Uzi Vert songs. Of course they have. Um, But yeah, he himself is also a tatted faced hood nigga that, you know, carries the blicky. So, oh, well, there you go. There's, there's that. that. She, she was like, I know what this is. Because my baby daddy be on that same stupid shit. Um, so, not too long after uh, Southside, Carisha's oh baby father got onto a live oh of his own. Lord, yes! Defend your baby's mama. Don't get too excited. <laughs> oh, no, don't say that. I thought he was going to come through. Like well, a real nigga. he does defend... Carisha and threaten to punch Uzi's teeth out. Okay. Um, if he disrespects her again. But the entire time that he references her, he doesn't say Carisha, he doesn't say Miami, or even like a he says my bitch every single time. <gasps> every single he says, Don't say nothing else to my bitch. If you don't like my bitch, don't like my bitch. Leave my bitch alone. <laughs> like y'all so young <laughs> and someone that's the thing someone pointed out to me afterwards that, that someone pointed out to me afterwards like i understand that you feel that way but like you gotta know like some girls don't care like some girls they like that, that yeah like yeah, they don't that's mind my lady to them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like my bitch is like my fair lady no thank <laughs> like, you not for me that's my like, that might as well be my wife my holy sacred god given partner in life carisha probably saw this shit and was like i'm riding oh your god, face tonight I'm in love <laughs> another baby coming so let's have another baby no thank you um <laughs> But yeah, now this nigga want to punch Uzi in the face because Uzi was being being fucking weird and talking to both JT and Carisha crazy on live. And the thing is, apparently, I didn't know this until today, Carisha said uh, about a month ago that he had cursed her out before. 
and said something to the she said oh wow she said Uzi cleared me bitch he said bitch I don't know you and I said okay so Carisha is always don't know you <laughs> and he claimed on Twitter oh god that's my girlfriend best friend I was playing with her she always cursed me out I never treated a woman how I treat JT I literally will die for her it was just playing y'all dragging it if Uzi doesn't have a therapist, he should get one. And I think that yeah. he needs to just go ahead and work out whatever issues it is that he has that is separate from JT, Carisha, or any other women women that surround him that he feels like he can talk to like they're, you know, animals. Right. Um, and as far as Southside goes, like, my bitch might be their love language. So I guess today I will leave it alone. <sighs> But when I want no, no. I'm gonna let the young people have the way they communicate. I'm gonna <laughs> let them have that because I wanted the boomers to let us have our shit. True. I just wanted to say I'm an old and I don't understand it. Very but, true. Because <laughs> a nigga not finna call me my bitch and more than once and me feel like that's a loving a loving phrase. That's not gonna happen. So but I'm glad that that was cleared up amongst the youth. I just won't as long as as JT and Carisha stay JT and Carisha I don't give a fuck what none of these niggas or their face tattoos are talking about first the fuck of all I've gotten way too many bangers from that Miami woman for you to be talking to her in any of kind of wild way have. on motherfucking. You know what I'm saying? It's not to say that I no, there <laughs> isn't a single Uzi Vert song that I like. You know what I'm saying? But like I don't give a fuck. What are you talking if, if I told you to come over here and to kiss me on the camera right now, you'll do it. What? I don't even know an Uzi verse song, so we can just start and end. That's right fine. Here. That's fine. And I fair. I really don't know, and I'm not going to look it up. And not surprising. So, Hello. yeah, I'm as long as the city girls stay girls in the city, I will let them figure the rest of this stuff out. Because these, yeah, these young rich hood nigga issues are a little bit outside of the bounds of my nigga. You know, like I don't Yeah. <laughs> I don't fully understand the lifestyle. And that's I feel okay. You. That's okay. I feel you. I do. And that's fine. Like the point of living is to age. And you are not supposed to relate to niggas who were born thirty years after you were. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed were, to let them people who young. were seven years. No, they're not that young. But if them niggas was 10 or younger when you were born, mind your goddamn business. I mean, because... <laughs> <laughs> but it just in general, like, why, I don't know why the need to be this involved in your girlfriend's friend's life any the fuck way besides right. seeing it's you at the me. house party or at you know nobu or wherever y'all eat and being like oh hey what's up carisha oh hey J-. like why are we for what like <laughs> i don't you right. could just let your girlfriend's friend be friends and mm-hmm. then have friends of your own right because the thing i'm thinking of immediately is that like Partners who try to separate you from your friends yes. and family nine times out of ten are abusive in some way. And so you don't need to be with nobody who's trying to separate you from the people who have known and loved you all your life. Like, that's the first thing I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. So if you're not on that type of shit, then she should be able to have her friends and family and you have yours and niggas should find a way to coexist or break up. Right. And let that be that. It don't have to be some big, crazy whole, like... 
to do. You niggas should yeah. be doing the fucking most when it don't have to be that way. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, JT and, and Uzi, they my brother's age. Wow. <laughs> so I'd just be like, I, uh, Annie can send you $20 on Cash App. What else you want? <laughs> like, I don't have nothing else for you young niggas. What the fuck else do you want from me? I'm over here listening to Dion Warwick, girl. I have nothing for you. I'm fucking knitting. Literally knitting. <sighs> I remember when... I'm not going to make another Isley joke. It's, it's, <laughs> he has a beard. It's white. Okay. Um, okay, so lastly, I'm going to mention the fact that DMX is unfortunately in critical condition in the hospital due to a drug overdose. Um, I'm actually going to Google and see if there's an update, hopefully a possible one. I mean, I a, don't pos- think a positive so. one. I think he's still in a vegetative state. <sighs> um, his It says his children and family and folks have come to visit him. You know, you got 15 kids. I mean, I did not know that, but I'm also not yeah, surprised by that. that. Y- your face did not move at all. Like, you, there was <laughs> no surprise. At it was all. like you had told me it was 66 degrees today. Yeah. His, <laughs> yep, it was. His youngest baby was born in uh, 2016. Holy um, shit. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, apparently they say that he was, they tried to resuscitate him with paramedics. Um, He's had a loss, a lack of oxygen to mm. his brain or something like that. So mm. he's basically surrounded by loved ones in prayer right now. There was even like a whole Rough Riders, like the Rough Riders pulled up to the hospital where he's staying and had like, like a hood vigil. It was like a powerful hood moment. Like, I'm not even right. trying to joke. Like, they were no, out there is. on their bikes and stuff and revving it up. And it was just like, uh, prayers up for DMX, man. Hopefully he gets better soon. It sucks because it's like, <sighs> if you know a fraction of DMX's story, you know his history with this right. kind of thing. So it sucks because it was like, wasn't it like last year or so that he had those pictures? And what magazine was that? Was it GQ Esquire? He had like a whole like spread. Yeah. Where, yeah, he was looking good and he seemed healthy and he was like getting ready to go on tour or do a new album or something. And it's mm-hmm. just like, my word, this planet is just mm-hmm. dark right now. It is. It's a rough existence for a lot of people. And I don't know. My history with DMX is complicated because when I first got really exposed to his music, it was during a church lock-in because, of course, it was. Yeah, of course. Because my my mama didn't let me go nowhere else for New Year's Eve but the church. Yeah, And so I was there and some younger heathens played me it's dark and hell is hot and the title alone that. was salacious i was like oh y'all are going directly to hell Imagine but that. i sat there and listened to that song i fell in love with dmx and so um hearing about his struggles with substance abuse really hits home for me as somebody who also struggles with substance abuse and like frequently feels like not being a part of this world so yeah. like I I completely get it. I just wish him the best in recovery and the like short term and and the best in in recovery the long term because 
those are two very different things. It's one thing to stay oh, alive. Yeah. It's another thing to thrive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, y'all are asking them to stay alive when what they really need is to thrive. Mm-hmm. Because life is just fucking hard. And there's just so many aspects of a person's life you don't understand. So my heart really goes out to him and his family. I pray that he recovers and that he finds the peace that he needs. But I don't know. I feel like more than anything, all I can say is I fucking get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get and 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 relapse is part of recovery. So I just hope that he makes it through this relapse and continues on to recovery because he deserves it. So best of luck to him and his loved ones. It's a sad, sad story. Okay. That is all I've got for Hot Tops this week. It's time to read your letters, folks. That's right. It's time for your letters. Send your questions to asktheread at gmail.com. We may read them out loud on the show. We have one quick question here from Tara who wants to know if you have watched the new She-Ra and if so, any feelings about Shadow Weaver in particular, but the cast in general. Have you seen it? Nothing that was just said besides She-Ra is familiar to me. I know that there is... I know that there's a Shira reboot that I believe is on Netflix and has been on Netflix for a little while. And I mm-hmm. haven't watched it. But like a lot of the time that we would have Steven Universe stand sessions on here, yeah, someone yeah, would be like, oh my God, if you guys like Steven Universe, you probably really like Shira. You should watch Shira. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. I'm coming to your house right now. I'm going to make you watch it if you don't fucking watch Shira. So I'm like. <laughs> It's definitely on my list of things to check out. Right. Um, but my word, if y'all understood what I'd love to watch that I'm not caught up, caught up on, <laughs> like making time for new things and working oh, and yeah. feeding myself and staying clean. It's too much work. Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully we will catch up on Shira soon and let you know how we feel. But in the meantime, let's move on to our first letter this comes from Portia who says I moved from my state to be with my girlfriend who I thought I was going to marry but unfortunately she ended our relationship she swears I did nothing wrong but she just isn't happy anymore I've been struggling to deal with this breakup seeing as we planned a life together that she met my friends and my parents and my godchildren and I never introduced anyone to any of them niggas It doesn't seem like we will ever get back together or even be friends once this breakup is over. Besides therapy, which I plan to get into once I'm stable on my own, how do y'all suggest I deal with a breakup where nothing went wrong and it just didn't work out the way you wanted it to? Am I wrong for still loving someone who is showing me that they didn't love me back? Is it bad to question if they ever really loved you at all? Thanks. Signed, Portia. Is this a very special episode of the fucking read? Like, <laughs> oh no, don't say that. <laughs> I already dove headfirst into this shit. On okay, listen. To answer your question, um, it is not wrong to still be in love with this person. You are a human being. Love does not simply dissipate. Once you, you know, learn some striking new information or (laughs) some event in your relationship happens, like, 
a nigga could hit you with a car and it doesn't mean you're going to stop loving them the next day or the next month mm. or the next, it's, it's just not how it works. So you're not wrong for it. Don't feel bad about it. Do the work that you need to do to heal. And it's also not wrong to question whether or not they ever loved you. That matters to you. That was time and energy of your life that you spent in a situation that fucking mattered to you. So to question whether or not any of it was authentic, any of it meant anything or whatever is human. Give yourself a fucking break. Give yourself a break. Like, not every relationship ends in turmoil and chaos and war and all of that stuff. And that's ideal. I, you know, personally, I'd prefer a relationship end like that. However, I also completely understand the need for, like, closure or understanding or sense to be made of the ending in order for you to move on. I think that you kind of need to do a little bit of work separating yourself and your existence from your now exes or whatever and, like, build yourself back up and remind yourself Mm. about all of the dope things uh, that you are and have that make someone gravitate towards you in the first place you're never you're not going to never be in love again and it's not like no one will ever love you or whatever but the way that you're feeling right now is completely human do not villainize yourself for having human emotions it's just not fair it's not fair and that person doesn't deserve it so right i honestly think the advice about not demonizing yourself for having human emotions is probably the most important advice you need to take because a lot of us beat ourselves up, not just for feeling bad, but for having the capacity to feel bad in the first place, Yep. which is like, if you truly care about somebody, you are taking the risk of having your heart broken. You are doing that. You are taking the risk of having your feelings hurt. And so all it means if your feelings are hurt is that you chose to be vulnerable with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it is a risk you take that it might not end up right or it might not end up with everybody feeling great. And to be honest, you know, most times it's going to end up in a breakup because that's how most relationships end. Period. True. Yep. So I think that's really important. I would also say that um, it is I have been on both sides of this. I've been the person who was broken up with for no apparently good, quote unquote, reason. Mm. And I have been the person who broke up with somebody for what they thought was no good reason. Mm-hmm. And I know how much it hurts when you are the person who got dumped in that situation. And I also know how hard it is to break up with somebody when you simply know that they are not the one. And you don't want to waste their time or your time. And it's a difficult thing to do. But it is still true that you feel like this ain't it. And so you have to just say it and let that be that. So um, both of those are really difficult positions to be in. What I would say is, first and foremost, please don't contact your ex for any reason. It is over and let it be over. Yeah. Um, Anything you have to say, vent to family. Or friends, anybody but your ex. Please do not go back to your ex. And I say that to the person who broke up with you too. Please, if you broke up with somebody in that situation, leave them the fuck alone. Let them move on. 
let them grieve, let them heal, let them get over you. Because even though it was hard for you, they still have the feeling of rejection. So please let them process that. Yeah. Um, Past that, it's very normal, I think, to have these feelings of love, even though you were rejected. Those don't just shut off automatically. Mm-hmm. And as cliche as it is, as more time that passes, you will feel less emotionally attached to those feelings. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's how you feel. But six months from now, I guarantee you, you will not feel as intensely as you do right now. And a year from now, it will be even more different. So I would say um, detach from that nigga, block them on every possible like avenue of communication, block them on social media, on your phone, on your email, yep. on literally fucking everything. Don't let that nigga get in touch with you at all. Focus on your own, own healing and don't try to cover up the pain as if it doesn't exist. It exists. You were vulnerable with somebody and it did not work out in the way you wanted. And that hurts. Yep. And it's okay to just let that hurt. Just let it hurt. Because the more you try to drink it away, smoke it away, fuck it away, drug it away, whatever y'all do to pretend you don't have feelings, they don't ever actually go away. And you will have to feel them one day in one way or another. Yep. So I would suggest just doing that and... um letting that be that and not worrying about whether y'all are friends again or ever talking again or anything like that. Like worry about yourself, worry about how you feel and whether you're okay and um, focus on your future. You don't really have to worry about whether you and your ex are ever going to be friends again, because honestly the relationship is over. So fuck that nigga that don't matter no more. What matters is you and how you feel about things and how you're going to take care of yourself from this point going forward. So yeah. yeah, I personally um, sometimes suggest friends or family um, in breakups that they struggle with to have a a funeral for the person. Well, I don't know. Sometimes I say wake. Sometimes I say funeral. I'm probably <laughs> saying the wrong thing anyway. But yeah, like I'll be like, you know, get something that you still have of theirs or something you have that reminds you of them or just put a picture or a, their name on a piece of paper and like put it in a little box or something like that and bury it or burn it or like have some sort of I'm such a psycho have some sort of like <laughs> no I feel like this is perfect physical representation of yeah, that a, person a program no longer existing a funeral program your friends who are with you will print it up and act like he died the day he broke up with you but that's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. But please let us know how the morning goes. Mm-hmm. Our next letter is really quick from Marquise. And it says, are y'all cut up on Drag Race? Can we talk about the top four? I would love to hear y'all's opinion over the last few weeks of the show. Thanks, Marquise. Are you caught up, friend? I am. Oh, God. So can we talk about what happened a week before last? Oh, yes, we can. When everybody's favorite liberal white queen had to go during the roast. (laughs) Utica is like, I really enjoy Utica's drag. Um, Mm -hmm. Utica's drag is very fun. um, And obviously she's great at constructing garments and stuff like that. So she's like, very good. Got that. 
I think that like you know how we you have those like I'm the quirky uh, kooky drag queen mm-hmm. that's weird and does things yeah. all Tim Burton I'm Bob and Topsy right right yeah. right. It's like with some of them you can tell that yeah maybe they're a little weird and they just like lean into it right. Utica mm-hmm. is truly delusional. Like that bitch is like. <laughs> What's the word? Like aloof? Like she, I think, like she really is on a different planet. Like completely. It's like they'll say to Utica, like, Utica, you should wear, you know, pink on the runway. And she'll wear yellow. And they'll all be like, why didn't you wear pink the competition Mm -hmm. was pink or whatever and then in her confessional she'll be like the judges loved my yellow look and (laughs) i feel really great about it i'm so excited they said oh my god utica you're so different she like starts (laughs) tapping her cheeks and she's like i can't wait to lip sync it's where i come alive like she doesn't get it it's really fascinating (laughs) because her roast was terrible it was awful and then it was. It was really bad. When she got chopped, and then she was, like, doing her little exit speech or whatever, she was like, you know, I I had such a great time, and now I feel like I have a future in roasting, and maybe I'm a comedy queen. No. Girl. That's got mixed legacy. That's not yours. That's mixed legacy. One of the actual comedians on the stage, on the oh judges panel, Talk about booed it. you. <laughs> when they said your name, she booed. You don't. and told you and straight up said you the one bombing right now. <laughs> when Lonnie Love told Utica, you can say whatever you want to. You the one absolutely crashing and burning right now, nigga. I scream. <laughs> it was so cringe. I have not. <gasps> oh, that was awful. She is it just very so much bad. like. Far more, I can tell that she's one of those, uh, one of, not even just the queens, but like one of the people that come into televised competitions like this, constantly worried about audience reaction to every single thing that they do and say. That's why she was like, I don't want to wear an afro, even though the person I'm playing was a white man with a fro. But instead, I'm going to simulate an afro with a cluster of squirrels because that's not <laughs> that's not offensive. And then it was like she tried to almost do the same thing with the BAPS shit on the episode that they won. Yeah. Her and Simone. Oh, I don't know. No, no. And essentially, Simone was like, bitch, shut the fuck up and put on this goddamn like. <laughs> Because what I'm not about to do is be in the bottom with your, your you know, fake-ass version But they set her up signaling. with the right bitch. They right. set her up with the right bitch because Simone has experience with white queens. <laughs> True. So, <laughs> they set up with somebody who can handle her ass. If uh, Miss Bag Challenge was still there, that shit would not... <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, because I love my sister, but it would not have gone down that same way. I love La La too, but that was inexcusable. You will never tell me. First of all, <laughs> first of all, how gluing them baby shower gift bags? Why did she do that? <laughs> because she can't sew it. But she didn't even, like, girl, you could have, like, cut the bags into, like, interesting pieces and then glued them. She just glued, it was so, it looked like a shelf at Walgreens. It did. It was just flat pastel bags with the white rope and everything attached to it. Oh, how (laughs) embarrassing. 
As much as I love La La Ray, that was yeah, that was the bad. Fuck else, it was. And um, so, but yeah, I, I don't have it. Yeah, I don't have it for the white queens who are like struggling right now. I don't have it for y'all. Um, yeah, like I said, I enjoy Utica's drag. I'm sure it's not the last I'll see of it, and you know, but it, her going was not. I wasn't mad. That was it was her time, and I feel like as far as this last episode, yeah, um. Same. In fact, Olivia should have went home that week that Simone and um, <laughs> Utica won. Olivia should have got chopped instead of Denali because Denali actually had Olivia look like Denali, whereas <laughs> Olivia made Denali just look like a random drag queen. Right. And then her lip sync but, wasn't know, even better. Right. For blacks' rights, I just couldn't vote Olivia off. But you're not wrong. She offered nothing. Like, at, I think... She's beautiful. She's had a gorgeous, gorgeous smile. I think her drag is excellent as well. But her getting, making it to the top five to me was shocking. But I think I'll see her more of her. And she's beautiful. And I'm certain that, you know, in an all-stars, theoretically, she'll be far more elevated. Um, Yes. Uh, Mark tweeted earlier that, like, all Olivia needs is, like, a drag mentor. One of the older girls. That's a good point kind of take her under their wing and she will she'll be a killer tune all of those points like i mean because like when the girls said they would get rid of olivia they all said it was because she was so young and she was not able to like adapt to she needs more time the way they were and that is true all the other girls have been through way more shit than olivia olivia's kind of like the smiling cute young virgin of the cast or whatever and so I'm really not mad at that. I can't wait to see her on All Stars. Yeah. But I can't disagree with you at the same time. Like, she could have been left by now. She could have left before Tina Burner, before Denali, and I would not have been able to say nothing about it. I feel like they literally kept her on this song because black people were so <laughs> mad at RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> and we just refused to have a top five that was not majority Negro. So. <laughs> And I mean, she's like, it's never a hard time looking at Olivia Lux. I mean, yeah. she's Oh, no, she's gorgeous. So. She's like a little brown, Ron, uh, like, what is that girl's name? That model married to John Legend, Chrissy Teigen. Oh. She's like a little black, like her face look exactly like, it looks exactly like Chrissy Teigen's to mine. Mm. But she's like, like the quintessential, really sweet homecoming queen girl next door. Even though she's clearly type. not really sweet. <laughs> Right, no, she's not. And Tina Burner clocked her ass from the very beginning. From, like, yeah. episode three. Let <laughs> like, me tell you about that bitch Olivia Lux. That's a goddamn diva. That's Mariah Carey in disguise. And y'all don't understand. And Tina was right. Yes, she so, was. I'm not mad at any of that. But I do agree that, like, she just needs a little fine-tuning. And then she's here to whip the rest of y'all's asses. Yeah, I think she'll be a killer. Um, and then as far as top four, I love Simone, of course. That's my winner. I don't give a fuck what they as do. As long as Simone is there, she's my number one. Gottmik is my number two. Oh, um, I love Gottmik. I love. I love uh, Gottmik. Gottmik. Like Gottmik came in and was like, "Oh, fashion, like very pretty, like obviously great at makeup." But yeah, I love when Gottmik slays at like comedy and stuff where she feels like, uh, yes, like, the not roast. So- 
Oh my God, her roast she really was came alive so good. During the roast, it was so good. Like it wasn't even just the way that she delivered the like. No, it was. It was like the delivery of the jokes, but also like her gestures and like facial expressions. Like that bitch is funny. Like yes, funny, funny. She is. And she unlike Utica, it. she left and was like, "I think I have a future in comedy," because the yeah. judges told her that. <laughs> Right, like Rue was like, this is a very Phyllis Diller. And it was like, you could see a light coming on and got Mick like, holy shit, I'm actually good at this. Yeah. Like, this was the one thing I didn't want to do and I'm actually good at it. Yeah. So I was like, super proud of her for that. And I want, like, if, if a white queen has to win, I hope it's got Mick. I'm not mad at Rosé because Rosé is clearly very talented, but mm-hmm. there's also something about Rosé that gives me, like, white power and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I could be very wrong. And I'm sorry if I am. But there's something about Rosé that just screams oh my like, God. There's just something about Rosé that screams like Blue Lives Matter. And I can't handle it. So, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, the girl can sing. She can dance. She clearly out. She outacts everybody on that stage. And it's not even close. So. I mean, she's seasoned. The bitch has been on, like, uh, one of those other... I don't know if it was America's Got Talent or or X... One yeah, of those she shows. she's on something, yeah. They sing, like, she is trained in a lot of those things. Yeah, so that's yeah. why... But the reason... It's like, I'm not gonna hate, obviously, but it's like... Yeah. a rosé when I guess I can understand because the bitch is literally talented like she checks yeah. the, checks the boxes but I just we have so many of them <laughs> like she wouldn't be mm. the only pretty white girl winner of drag race that like can maybe sing and act and is really funny and stuff like that it's like I wouldn't be mad but it would be like the least exciting win yeah, to me exactly exactly and I feel like honestly Gottmik and Simone have earned it more than Rosé I agree I feel like Rosé and Candy are kind of neck and neck for me competition wise and so when it comes right down to it Candy is ghetto and black and from the Bronx so I rate her above Rosé automatically <laughs> because of those things um, but I'm also really, really not mad at Candy. I feel like me and Candy would be really good friends. Yeah, in real life. I could see that. <laughs> Can't you? Both of us loud as shit, ordering nachos and smoking weed and being real loud and disrupting the fucking party. Like, I think I'm still a little that's low key. Me. I think I'm still a low key mad she sent home Tamisha, but <laughs> but at the same but time, Tamisha like, was gonna go home anyway. Before so this, I'm glad likely. it was a black queen. I'm glad it was a black queen. Who showed her the utmost of respect when she went home? Uh, after she showed her the utmost disrespect, but I mean, yes, yes. But we, getting we to know more about her, getting to know more about her, we figure where that was coming from. Yeah, I feel like Candy is another one that has grown. I feel like she deserves to be in the top four as well, personally. So I'm not mad at that. But like I said, from that first, um. Meet you know like almost every season they do a meet the the stars of season blank and it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yep. And I usually watch them. And when I saw Simone on that clip on YouTube, with of course, I was like, "There's <laughs> there mine. There's yep. my one. I don't there's give a fuck. My, there's Shut my up. season I, thirteen winner. Yep. <laughs> and much the same thing happened with me for Shake Houlay. And much like Shake Houlay, yes, the bitch impressed me the whole way through. So that's my winner, but I and love Gottmik too. I still Mick love Shea Kool-Aid. I still, 
<laughs> to this day, you can't tell me nothing about Shea Coulee, the first Drag Race contestant who was ever on this show. Like, I remember I had kind of casually watched it before we did that episode, but then after that, I really became a fan and like tuning in every week and cussing out RuPaul for like blatant racism and all that <laughs> shit. I felt like I was one of y'all, you know, forever. Because that's what y'all have been doing forever. So I, I truly love Shea Coulee. I really love Simone, even though I don't usually love black girls who seem to have mostly white friends. I really love Simone. Um, I love Gottmik because that bitch is just so goddamn talented like, and so fucking good. She is just so goddamn good. Every runway. Uh, yes. Every, yes. Like, that bitch I love got Candy it. for being a ghetto bitch from the hood. Because who ain't? But there are layers. Like, that's what I appreciate is there are layers. And I think that the bitch, like, really, for the most part, like, like, tries to take critique (laughs) and, like, apply it. You know, like, it's willing to learn in the process. Yes, I agree. And I think that's what she was what she was saying when Rue asked them About, who all should yep. leave that week. Mm-hmm. When she was like, she was the one who really broke it down because everybody said Olivia except Olivia, obviously. Right. Well, she did and, that whole, I, you know what? I can't say me. I can't say me and I can't say any of the girls. And it's like, okay, girl, well, we're just going to wait until you can say somebody's name because that's the point of this. <laughs> I and wanted RuPaul was- to be like, oh, girl, never mind. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the part we didn't see, but (laughs) I, um, I really appreciate Candy for always being the one to break it down. Like the last time when it was her and got Mick in the bottom and they had to design their own outfits and they were the two most opposite the whole time. Yes. That was the episode of Olivia should went home, should have went home. And that was the episode where Candy was like, no, fuck y'all. Because we had to do mm-hmm. the most work out of all y'all hoes. Which they did. And still turned it. And they did, they did still the fuck turn it out. They so did. I love Candy because she's not afraid to advocate for herself. And that's mm-hmm. a trait that's that true. more of us need to have. That's true. Um, and, you know, she's black. So I'm going to root for her over Rosé. So, <laughs> but I also won't, I have to say, I will not be mad if Rosé wins because Rosé is very talented and has not publicly said or done anything racist to my knowledge. <laughs> Y'all might let me know if that's wrong. Just like I thought Unica was Unica was so fun and so cute. And then y'all were like, that bitch is a stone cold racist. So like, I get it. But until then, you know, I won't be mad if she wins, but I'm rooting for the two blacks and got Mick to be in the top three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, best of luck to all the girls, though. Let's wrap it up with a letter from Dina who says, I have a friend that I've known since high school and we've kept in contact, but we haven't been that close since we live in different cities. Recently, we've reconnected and we've been spending a lot of time together because we are currently both out of work. Mm. She lives with her long term boyfriend who is doing way better than any of her previous partners, and he's fun to hang out with, but there's one problem. She does not stop talking about how great this nigga is when he's in the room and when he's not. It's not all that she talks about, but she she manages to slip in things that she likes about him often enough to where I'm like, okay, I get it, girl. Damn, you love him. She's (laughs) never been in a healthy romantic relationship before, and she, she has had pretty strained relationships with her parents 
So I understand that having a healthy romantic relationship now is a big deal, but they have been dating for four years and I thought by now she would have calmed down about this man, but here we are. How do I tell my friend that I don't want to hear her gushing about her boyfriend without seeming like a hater? I'm honestly very happy for her, but I don't need to hear about every little kind thing that this man does. Damn, like I said, it has been four years. Any advice is welcome. Thanks, Dina. Dina, I don't have a nice answer for you. Right. First of all, if you ever ask us about nice answers, you should know who you're talking to. And that's not what we have. Right. I mean, literally never. (laughs) I feel like the best advice I can probably give you in this scenario is that sarcasm can go a long way in many uh, situations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like me personally... The next time that he, or I mean, the next time that your friend were to be bringing him up and is like, oh, you know, he's just obsessed. He got me this basket of roses and oh my goodness, he paid my car note. (laughs) I'll be like, oh, and did you see the sun and the moon and the mountain and the rivers? And did you see heaven when he made sweet love to you? Like, I would just do, like, I would just say something sarcastic (laughs) that makes it clear that, like, girl, one, I don't care, and two, I'm tired. (laughs) Like, because, but I'm not a good person. So you should probably um, just maybe, I don't know, be honest with her and say Mm -hmm. that, like, we don't necessarily have to talk about niggas every single time that we hang out in fact many people uh look to time with their girls time with their boys time with their nbs like many people yes nbs look at time with their folks as a moment to not think about that motherfucker in their life even if it's good like even if it's a good time like it's healthy to have time away from that person with your friends that's just about the time with your friends that's how you maintain your friendship (laughs) like if you spend all your time together talking about your fucking relationships what are you building with with one another yeah what did you eat for breakfast bitch where did you get them shoes like, <laughs> literally <what>? that <laughs> how are you feeling when's the last time you you know got a mammogram i don't know what i'm talking about anymore i'm just saying like i don't think wrong, that there's though. you're not wrong <laughs> i don't think there's anything wrong with in a kind way if you choose saying to her like can we just have girl time and just talk about us? Like, I'm really happy that you're happy in your relationship and that's what I want for you. And please know that if there is any spectacular uh, occurrence uh, in your relationship, such as an engagement, a childbirth, a lottery win, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, totally sure. Share the, the, um, the information with me. But I don't give a fuck that that nigga knows your Starbucks order. I don't. And I don't want to hear about this every single time we hang out. I think that that's fair. I don't feel like that's like a, a bad thing. Yeah, but- no, it's definitely not. I don't think that that's unfair at all. 
What I would do is talk to my friend separately and tell her, hey, so like I could not be more happy for you. And I truly am like ecstatic and over the moon that you are happy. But please keep in mind that I want what you have and this is hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if y'all are really friends, then you should be able to have that kind of private one-on-one conversation because it's not that you're not happy for her. It's not that. It's that every time she talks about how great her man is, you feel a little more lonely. And your friend would not want you to feel that way. So Would she? No, your real friend would not want you to feel oh, lonely. Oh, yes. The, right, yes. <laughs> Maybe the friend you only hang out with when it's time to go to the club or split a hotel room. But like... Preach. (laughs) But like your real friend does not want you to feel bad because she is happy in her relationship. And so I would would take her aside. I would talk to her like that um, separately. Or I would just... If I I didn't feel strong enough to have that conversation one-on-one, then every time she talked about her man, I would just have to be like really conscious with reminding myself that like, this is not an attack on me and my feelings. My friend is happy and she trusts me. So she is sharing this with me and I'm happy for her. Like it would take a lot more emotional work, I think, to just kind of go back to your room at the end of the day and be like, I'm not going to try to make this about me. I'm not going to ask why I don't have somebody when she does. I'm not going to compare myself to her or my niggas to her niggas. Like, I feel like that would take way more work than just saying something to her outright. But if I didn't feel ready to say something to her, then I would try to, like, accept it and com- and compartmentalize it as best as I possibly could. Um, But I don't know. I think aside from those two things, you're pretty much in a, a really hard position and no matter what, like, no matter which way you come at your friend and try to talk to her about this, she should be, she should be able to understand where you're coming from and y'all should, should be able to, like, find a happy medium where both of you feel comfortable with the relationship continuing the way that it is. Like, it's not impossible for her to save some of this extra gushy stuff for her married friends. And it's not impossible for you as her best friend to, like, show her some support and be there as she's going through this giant transition in life. Like I feel like both of y'all can find a happy medium, but you do have to be completely honest with her about how yeah. you're feeling. Cause otherwise she don't know that, sh- that she's breaking your heart with all this. I mean, I feel like she should try to read the fucking room, but I mean, there. so there is some of that. Like there is some of damn girl. You can't see that I'm hurting, but I also as a like shit, bitch. But, like, as a woman who has had very, very, very many engaged friends, as soon as them hoes <laughs> get a ring, that's true. when I tell you that's they lose their whole minds, they lose their whole minds, they will snap off on you for anything. You'd be like, I'm getting my haircut. They'd be like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. How dare you betray me before my wedding day? When you know mm-hmm. everybody's hair has to be three and one quarter's length past their shoulder bones for my reception. How dare you? This is like barely an exaggeration. <laughs> this, no, like, it's it's this is honestly exactly like one truth. step. <laughs> like <laughs> this is so true. This is actually how the girls act. So like I yes. get it. I really do. I only get it because I've seen so many y'all go through it. But like 
be real with what your friend can handle and don't be mad at her because this is hard for her. She can, the thing is like, I feel like society or your parents or whoever, the Bible, the church, somebody has lied to you because you can actually be happy for somebody and be jealous of somebody at the same time. That is completely possible. What it's about is the, the support that you show the person. It's about whether you're mature enough to handle the way you feel about it. Can you handle the fact that can you even acknowledge to yourself that you are happy for the person you love and jealous because you wish you were also in that position? Can you even truly acknowledge that to yourself? A lot of y'all can't. So there there's there's a lot that goes into it. I'm not trying to minimize that at all, but it is very possible. And I would say if you love your friend and you want this to be your friend for life, y'all should find a way to work through it. I've never been jealous of any of my friends who got married, so I can't say I understand. And in fact, <laughs> every time I've been that bitch backstage giving that bitch a shot of vodka or whiskey or something saying, you could do it, bitch. Like, I'm the one yeah. encouraging her to marry y'all's butt masses any goddamn way. So. Yep. <laughs> awesome. But... But that doesn't change my message. It really doesn't. Find a way, if you really love this woman, find a way to support her. And that goes both ways. If you're the one giving out all the energy and you're not giving none of it back, then reassess this person's position in your life. But if y'all really care about each other, please talk to each other. Say, hey, because I know it's hard. Send her a text or when y'all talk on the phone or in person, say, girl, this is hard for me. So please just let me get it out because this is hard for me to say. And if this is really your good friend, y'all will grow closer. Like if this is really y'all, Judy, this is really y'all nigga, then y'all will grow closer from this incident. So like just be more vulnerable. Take the risk is what I can say to people. And best of luck to everybody trying to figure this shit out because I know it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. Like, Imagine you want to get married so bad and everybody around you is getting married and your last single friend announces that they're getting engaged. Like, you're probably going to feel a little sick to your stomach about it. Maybe not the boys, but a lot of girls will feel really sick to their stomach about being hmm. the last one unmarried in the group. It makes you feel any better. There's like five movies with this exact premise. Maybe <laughs> watch one of them. I mean, I don't think any of them have black women in it, but... Oh, don't worry. I'm sure Issa will make a movie like this soon if it's not already (laughs) in development. But yeah, Um, talk to each other and let us know how it goes. That is going to wrap up the questions for this week. Make sure you you send yours to asktheread at gmail.com. So it's time for the read. And Mm -hmm. I just have a couple of words for two white boys that need to remember that they're white. Amen. Okay, so for the first one, I'm just going, I'm not even going to take too much time on this one. The Chet Hanks, there will never be a white boy summer. It's just called summer. That's, it's just summer. It's just, every summer is a white boy summer. All of them. All of them. There's nothing different, interesting, or exotic about you just because you claim you love black women and you fucking, I don't know, listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony or whatever. Fuck, we don't like, care. Like, we don't care. There's no, oh, not the Trump supporter, white boy. The Jack Harlows and the John B's and the blah, 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 blah. Oh, like, no. <laughs> I guess you're trying to name white boys that 
black folk like, but Mm-mm. don't nobody really give a fuck about you, bruh. Um, I want for you to stop. I want for you to just leave us the fuck alone, bro. Your daddy is Tom Hanks. It's not even like your bad behavior who was like, girl, I just made a million dollars on OnlyFans in six hours because I damn sure couldn't rap. Like, you have... Your fucking dad is Woody. Bitch, leave us the fuck alone. Like, stop talking to us in this fucking accent and saying you know black queens this and black queens that because you weren't prepared for you know in the pre-production for white boy summer and black queen summer whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck dumb shit you thought you were doing you weren't prepared for us to find out about you allegedly abusing your last black girlfriend oh but we did motherfucker we did we did we 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 found out we found out and you know who else found out? That frying pan that you got cracked over the head with while you playing games. We haven't forgotten that you feel like you can say nigga. There's nothing interesting, exotic, or fun about you. I want for you to just enjoy the fact that you have money, you were born into it, and you've done like, mm. I don't know, five roles, I think, yes. in, on TV or something. Say like, it. Leave us the fuck alone my nigga leave us alone oh called you the wrong thing i don't want you to get too comfortable <laughs> leave us the fuck alone white boy summer is never going to be a thing never. it's just summer y'all ruin it every fucking year and this one will be no different okay get stitched up and fuck off amen next um i talked about justin bieber and this weird Martin Luther King Jr. placement that he has on his latest album. Um, Well, the Biebs decided to uh, open up and discuss the controversy where he was, when he was on Clubhouse, apparently. Why? Even I would not go on Clubhouse. (laughs) Why would you do that? Someone's gotta. So... Here is what he has said, according to an article that I am reading on Billboard. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. Being Canadian, they didn't teach us about Black history. It was just not a part of our education system. What? What? There aren't. Are there black no people Black in people in Canada? <laughs> Thank you. They didn't have to teach you about American Black history. Are there no Negroes in Canada at all? What do you mean? Is that what you're saying? I think for me, coming from Canada and being uneducated and making insensitive jokes when I was a kid and being insensitive and being honestly just a part of the problem because I just didn't know better. That's not a sentence. For me to have this platform to just share this raw moment of Martin Luther King in a time where he knew he was going to die for what he was standing up for. I want to, you know what? I'm going to pause here anyway. Okay. So let's just (laughs) do something. Let's just just go over this. (laughs) So you are telling me that in Canada, they teach you no form of Black history. Fine, right? Let's say they teach a black Canadian history right. instead. Let's say or they do. Exactly. Who Drake is. I don't know. Let's say, but you mean to tell me, bitch, that you don't know who the fuck Martin Luther King Jr. Ooh. is? 
Are you are you dead ass? Are you like you're serious? I feel serious? like you're not. I feel like Girl, niggas around the globe know who that is. The whole spinning planet, bitch. The whole thing. The whole I thing. I feel like you know, sister. Like, are you fucking kidding me? We're not talking about like some random obscure black celebrity, like. Like from before years, we're not talking about Flip Wilson or some shit that was like I don't know yeah. who that is. Somebody you're who really were you like just some random obscure Black American celebrity? That's not this. You really are blaming Canada <laughs> on this bullshit. Let's continue. Yeah. I want to keep growing and learning about just all social injustices and what it looks like for me to be better. What it looks like for my friends to be better. And I know I have a long way to go. (laughs) I love that when people are listening to my album, these conversations are coming up and they're like, well, how is he going from Martin Luther King into a love song? All right, we're stopping. Red light. (laughs) You love that people are having that conversation. You love that we're asking you what the fuck you're doing with Martin Luther King quotes. That's a blast for you, huh? Great. He continues, I'm not trying to make a connection between me and Martin Luther King. You couldn't. That's why I never try so, to talk about social injustice. But you brought right. it up. But you, you brought mm, it up. <laughs> okay. There's a track on the fucking album like, called MLK right. Interlude. You absolutely we connected yourself, this. nigga. You did this. And we didn't ask right. you to. If you would have <laughs> asked us, we would have told you not to. <laughs> we would have helped you, young white man. Yeah, because niggas love helping white people. Well, we Nobody give a fuck that give you on on your album so you feel like you can put... Anyway. <laughs> did not ask for this. <laughs> I'm not trying to make a connection between me and, and Martin Luther King. That's why I never talk about social injustice or I didn't want to be the one to talk about it because I just have so much more learning to do. But you yep. felt like this was a good idea. Yep. Cool. But I have this man who was ready to die and what he believed to be true. If I'm not willing to face some sort of ridicule or judgment of people wondering my motives or whatever that is for me... It was a no-brainer. Oh, good. So they got you. I cannot believe (laughs) that you opened your white mouth on Clubhouse (laughs) or wherever the fuck house, Playhouse, Ronald McDonald House. I don't don't give a... (laughs) Bitch. So... In conclusion, oh, yes, as Jesus, what you are saying is that you admittedly don't know dick not one about thing. Martin Luther not King, one fucking thing, nothing about him, Said that. nothing about what he stood That's for, right. <laughs> nothing about his impact on the world, nothing at all. And you don't talk about social uh, injustices because you don't know anything about them. But what we do know is that you named your fucking album Justice and put two, two mm-hmm. clips from Martin Luther King's speeches and sermons on your album. <laughs> the same nigga that you admit you don't know shit about. Justin, I want to ask you who cares about you. I want to ask. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't me. We know that. I know. But I want to know who is behind the scenes. 
that gives a fuck about you, sir? Where's Scooter? Who do we need to fucking talk to? Because I don't give a fuck what they fucking talked to you in school or didn't teach you at school in Canada. Some the fuck body at Team Bieber knew better and chose not to do better. I'm not like, I don't understand why you would come and, and say anything about this besides wasn't a great idea, my bad, y'all. You really sit up here trying to say, I'm so glad that people are having this conversation when you're also admitting that the conversation is what the fuck is wrong with Justin Bieber? You're glad we're having that conversation? You're not. And also, a fuck you to Justin Bieber's security guard, Lauren Walters, who apparently says that he found this MLK shit very admirable. Because... It brings awareness to something that's been going on in America for decades and centuries. Lauren, Lauren, it doesn't because it is a clip of Martin Luther King talking about being willing to die for something, followed by a Justin Bieber song where he talks about how much he fucking loves his wife. It is not bringing up like what? His white wife. The only people that are bringing up Martin Luther King's actual impact Mm -hmm. on America and the world and the whatever, the something that's been going on in America for centuries. The only people that have been bringing that shit up are the people who knew better and are asking why the fuck (laughs) this bullshit is on his fucking album. And quite honestly, Bernice, I'm going to give Bernice a break. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave Bernice out of this because Bernice went ahead and and thanked Justin Bieber, but in the same sentence, also acknowledged that he somehow, I guess, donated or somehow supported the King Center organization or something like that. So at least somebody on the team was like, oh, it doesn't really fucking matter the context that we put this nigga on the album. As long as we, you know, donate to a couple of fucking charities and shit, that's chump change. It doesn't matter. It'll be fine. You... Wiggers are are j- draining me what? today. <laughs> like, you're not going to come over here and try to siphon the flavor out of the motherfucking culture and shit like that. And then at the same time, be blatantly wide ass, wrong races and a fool. Say it. Like, talking about white boy summers and justice. If you don't hop the fuck off of a dick and find some sense, you weird white bitches. I'm done. Exactly. Literally weird white bitches. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for that, friend. I feel like this is not too far away from your original point, but I also have two two very quick things to talk about. And then I'll be out of here. First of all, Michael Rappaport. We literally don't care. Oh, bitch. Do we ever <laughs> not give a fuck? First of all, we don't care. We've never liked you. And I have my reasons for not liking Kevin Durant. They have a lot to do with (laughs) abandoning Oklahoma City Thunder for the very team we lost to in the NBA Finals. But I will not talk about it. I will not talk about it. However, I I greatly dislike Kevin Durant. You can leave it at that. And Mm -hmm. yet, um, Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport apparently had an exchange via Instagram DM. And if you have not seen this, I literally implore you to look it up. (laughs) 
Because yeah, in should. late March, Michael Rappaport published <laughs> these screenshots where um, at Easy Money Sniper is DMing Michael and calling him a bitch, calling him a dickhead, calling Chuck his baby daddy, saying that, you know, it was dumbass questioning, calling this nigga a cunt, a pasty cum guzzling bitch, said he was going to wow. spit in this motherfucker's face when he see his dirty ass. Told him where we meet me. Actually, give me your address and I'll meet you right there, nigga. I will I meet you on the t- fucking corner, you goddamn pussy. I will beat your fucking ass and you a goddamn bitch for caring about me in the first fucking place, you goddamn cop oh sucker. Trump right. didn't care about your bitch ass and I don't want either, so use oh me all God. you need to. You fucking joke, you goddamn pale cock sucker. Go get some goddamn sun and shut your ass, you desperate bitch. Because it's fucking with your measly ass brain, motherfucker. You goddamn clown. Don't make a fuck about you. <laughs> Suck a dick. And I can't wait to say it in person, you stupid bitch. <laughs> so, wait a minute. So, so I didn't actually read it. Like, <laughs> oh, it's all of, like... That is not really an exaggeration. (laughs) It really wasn't. It really was not. I did not know what he said to him. I just Um, heard about what happened. Yeah. So after Michael published these screenshots, um, uh, Kevin Durant got in trouble with NBA, who fined him $50,000, which is literally Trump change for him. But That's what I heard. Fined him $50,000 for using offensive and derogatory language on social media, which is clearly um, a violation. Wait, they can't do that? Apparently, yes. What you say on social media, you can be held responsible for. And I think that is why Paul Pierce got fired from whatever show he had with ESPN over the last few days because he I got caught sense. with some strippers, I think, or something. And somebody published, somebody cross published the footage from Instagram to Twitter. And I think that's how he got fired. But regardless, um, as stupid as I think it is for NBA players to be fine for what they say off site of the NBA. I'm so proud of Kevin Durant in a <laughs> in a way that I never thought I could be proud of Kevin Durant. I truly thought I would hate Kevin Durant for the rest of my life because, you know, wow. the way he betrayed me and the rest of the fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But yes. um, getting that pasty half dead white man together was completely worth it, in my opinion. And if it costs fifty thousand dollars to a nigga who has millions, and I hope he paid it and played it and paid it gladly. And I just hope that when he see that nigga in person, he actually lays hands on him outside of the range of a security camera. Because that's what Michael Rappaport deserves. And that's what Kevin Durant deserves to deliver onto him. Michael Rappaport is like a scumbag. He literally is. Like, I don't. You're not going to get me to care about Michael Rappaport because... The thing about that motherfucker is that because he's white and respected for whatever reason within the industry, he's like one of the top two or three go-to white boys for anything black. And that also means that like white people don't give a fuck about him. He only gets paid when it comes to something black. Like Michael Rappaport would be nothing without niggas. And yet niggas continue to give him a platform. 
because he said stuff before that niggas agree with in times yep. of like whatever social shit is going on. Yeah. And like that gets like a lot of viral attention of people. And then also he has that like around the way Brooklyn. I don't know where he's from. I know he's from up here somewhere, but he's got mm-hmm. that like accent for of like the nigga that lives across the street or down the, the street or whatever. And in fact, I feel like he's usually posting videos from across the street or down the street or wherever. <laughs> he is. He is. And so it's like niggas like like him for that, but then ignore like the fucked up shit that he all often mm-hmm. says as well. Yeah. And it's like he's also a comic first so i think that also helps a lot of the bullshit go you know underneath whatever but like i literally don't like even feel passionately about like i just don't care about him so when i heard about this i was like damn i can so I'm, I'm, <laughs> although although like you said fifty thousand ain't shit i hated that he got fined for it yeah i did but too. i also did not know what he said Oh, yeah. No, he went in on that motherfucker. Like, he literally went in Woo! on that nigga. He we should call drank. this show The Durant. <laughs> we need to just call, change the name of <laughs> He dragged that bitch. He did. Like, he dragged that nigga from wow. the Buddha to the Tudor. He went fucking in. And that's why I said, you know, as angry as I as I am at Kevin Durant on, like, a soul level, Reasonably, I cannot be yeah. mad at this because you still got a white man together, and that's what matters. So... <laughs> Uh, free Kevin Durant, and <laughs> hopefully he will get. That's why he screenshotted them and posted them and said, yeah, "Look what Kevin Mike, Durant yep, said." To Michael me. screenshotted the Instagram DMs and posted them on Twitter, and everything was like, "Look what Kevin Durant said about me." I normally don't post these things, but oh my god, it was like Kevin hurt his feelings so bad, and it's like, but you are a little bitch, <laughs> and you ain't shit. So what is the problem here? All I see is the <laughs> facts laid out in front of your bitch ass face. Oh, child. So, yikes. Yeah. Well, there hey, is Kevin. that. And also, I just want to say a lot of y'all have tagged me in this story about uh, Boosie getting kicked off Instagram once again. <laughs> Didn't we talk about that? Did we? <laughs> I think so. We may have. I just want to say, in case we didn't, um, I don't care that he paid this man 500 some odd dollars to not you know, follow lawsuit or whatever. I don't care about whatever this Yeah, we did talk about this. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure y'all know I literally don't care that this man was paid or whatever else because Lil Boosie is a cancer upon society and we are better off without him having a social media platform. So let's just be super clear about that (laughs) shit. You ain't never going to catch me raising up the flag on behalf of that nigga. Stop asking. Boosie is like at this point he's a TV show that you either watch or you don't. Mm, yeah, he's it. like the Kardashians. It's, it's it, there's it's like that's either your type of entertainment and you really desperately want it, or you could absolutely live without it. Right. Um, I think everyone knows what side I'm on. <laughs> and you know what? On today, I'm gonna let everyone have their their things. But what unfortunately we won't have is a Boosie Instagram for now. And Until he makes, fine. like, the next backup one or whatever. And then does something else stupid to get that one fucking bl- blocked or deleted. And then he's going to blame Mark Zuckerberg, another fucking idiot who has no idea who he is. Leave it's that like, man out of it, please. <laughs> you either live for Boosie Vision or you don't. 
And I don't. And I don't, right? <laughs> I'm so glad you stuck that part in there because I don't live for it at all. And and I don't care if he gets booted off of Instagram a thousand trillion billion times. I don't. That's going to be fine with me every single time because f- this is the same person who orchestrated like for lack of better words, a rape for his underage child. Like, this is the same person who admitted, bragged about having some hired sex sex professional assault his young child. So I'm not... Whatever argument you think you're finna make, think about that first, and then don't talk to me about Lil Boosie. It super dives right back into your point of everybody being completely, like... When it comes to niggas, especially niggas of influence, it's just like, oh, I don't give a fuck that he stabbed my mama in the face. Literally (laughs) that. I love his music. Okay, I guess. Um, Yeah, yeah, you can do that all you want to, but leave me out of it, nigger, because I am not you, and that shit is never going to be okay with me. And I feel like that's all I'm asking of niggas. Stop talking to me about Lil Boosie. I'm never going to be on his side. I don't care what the white folks do. People even tagged me a couple of times on Twitter in this video of him being mistaken for Flavor Flav or something in the Yes! Airport. Oh, God, that was so funny. <laughs> Which is hilarious. But, like, I didn't even watch that. Like, I laughed when I so read about mad. it because it's funny. He was so funny, mad. You didn't watch the video. <laughs> I didn't watch the video because I just don't want to look at him. Like, I don't, like... yeah. I, I just don't you. care. I don't. I'm. I'm tired of it at, at this point. I'm certain that he'll do some other really ridiculous, foolish shit that we will have no choice to talk about. And if it makes y'all laugh, then great, mission accomplished. But me, <laughs> genuine, like genuinely on my own as a person, yeah. could not care if he paid me. Well, I guess yeah. you do. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but you would have to pay me way more I just than care. Don't, we don't care. <laughs> it's just yeah. so foolish. It's like ultimate nigga it's the final boss of nigga exactly that's exactly it it is just the niggeriest of the nigga shit we cover on this show and if you're asking us to be sorry for a man who is so vocally against the very things that we are as human beings it's not gonna happen please stop <laughs> I, I can't asking. do it sis I'm go so as some straight show go as some cisgender heterosexual show literally Go ask anybody but us, because the answer and, is no. And that nigga's regional. Suck my dick. How you he feel is, about that? He is. I'm sorry. I'm Boots. sorry. So I did they, that now I'm not even that motherfucking attached if we keeping it a buck, because oh, that nigga damn. been regional. Oh, damn. The nigga's making it personal. <laughs> Get mad. I don't give a fuck. But the thing is, you're not wrong. Like, when it comes to Louisiana, Lil Weezy, and Birdman, probably the biggest niggas out of Louisiana in hip-hop. And I don't see that changing. I don't think he's. it's, like, exclusive to Louisiana. I'm sure it's, like, sprinkles of, like, you know, neighboring states and other parts of the South and stuff like that. But, it like, I myself never had no motherfucking attachment to, like, Boosie Records growing up. The same way that there are probably loads of fucking Florida songs, Miami Records, uh, and artists that other people could say the same about. But maybe, like, niggas in Atlanta love them because they got mad family in fucking South Florida, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So, like, I'm not fucking going to the ends of no goddamn earth for that nigga or his Instagram account or his right to put iced honey buns in his frosted flakes. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't care. 
Leave me alone. Yeah, no, I feel you. And that's why I leave out like niggas from Houston, niggas from Atlanta, niggas from Dallas. Cause I get that those are they're like their own regions with a huge national representation, or at least bigger than what Boosie ever was. But like you regular ass niggas who was real fucking popping in Yo City and Louisiana and Mississippi and Alabama and all that other shit, like it's not going to get bigger than what that nigga has done. And I truly don't care when what you are doing is so harmful to my own niggas. That's the thing. Like y'all say this shit, like the people you talking about still supposed to support you. And that's where you have us completely fucked up. So no, I don't care that Mark Zuckerberg, right. So I don't care that Mark (laughs) Zuckerberg canceled your second Instagram account that you wasn't supposed to have because you got banned for the first one. And so you circumvented it in the first place and they literally did not care enough about your black ass to do nothing about it until now. I don't care about that. The guy is not only did Mark Zuckerberg have nothing to do with it, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't even a human being that did it. Like, (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked if there's just some sort of algorithm or or system within Instagram where when you get a certain amount of complaints or something (laughs) like... I mean, automatically shut your shit down. If the very same app can turn your face into a butterfly or a sock or be, put music in your eyes or whatever fuck shit, I wouldn't be surprised if just being flagged yeah. is enough to be like, boop, shut down. So I wouldn't even get like, we know Mark Zuckerberg has no idea who both boosts. Yeah, no, definitely, a million not, times. definitely not. But I wouldn't gag if it's like not even a person doing it. And if it is, girl, they're like, they probably hate Mark Zuckerberg. So like... <laughs> Shut right. up. Leave the rest of us out of it. And um, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of The Read. Check us out on social media at This Is The Read. Our website is thisistheread.com. And you can find our merch at shoptheread.com. Kid Fury, any news for you this week, friend, before we leave? Um, Not really. I don't remember if I said it last week, but SPF. You know what I'm saying? Get mm-hmm. some SPF in your life. Important. Change your toothbrush. Change your toothbrush every three months. And for God's sakes, take all of them clothes off of that one chair in your room. Have you ever even sat in that chair before? My God. Wait. Get a hamburger. Why are you attacking us like this? <laughs> <laughs> it's about eight dresses on one folding chair in my room right now because I just have You got my- a closet right there. <laughs> just... What are you waiting for? Because they like breathing. <laughs> that's what I tell myself. They like breathing in the wild. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right, y'all. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you next week. <laughs>